Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll want to invite everyone over. From book club to reality TV watch parties, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular Airwick Essential Mist for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy. The way fragrance should be. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Podcast, Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner, and we are live on YouTube. So if you guys want to check us out, you can go to the Draft Network's YouTube channel. You can see our faces instead of just listening to us on the pod. And you can comment live, which is actually pretty fun. You can see you can see Jamie's uh, quarantine hair and beard that he's got going on. Jake's got his beard coming in hot again. Um, but, you know. I finally got can, my due. My ears lowered yesterday. I was going to say, hair's, hair, yeah, hair's looking pretty fresh for quarantine over there, Jake. Just saying. It was uh, looking rough. <laughs> Really it was looking really rough there for a while. So we are back. We are talking about all of the draft classes post the NFL draft. We talked about the AFC and NFC South last week. So if you want to check those out, you can go back and listen to the podcast or check them out on YouTube. Today, we're kicking things off with the NFC North. It has taken all of my willpower not to just talk about only this division um, post draft because there has been a lot of interesting things that have happened and a lot of, um, you know, questionable developments since, since the 2020 draft. So guys, we will kick things off there because why not? Right. Okay. So we're going to kick things off with the green Bay Packers who will run through the, you know, we'll run through these obvious draft picks. We'll give you guys our draft grades. We'll look at the over unders, but let's kick things off with the draft picks. Quarterback Jordan Love, all right? Maybe we should just stop there, but we'll keep going. A.J. Dillon, Josiah Deguera, Kamal Martin, John Runyon, Jake Hansen, uh, Vernon Scott, Jonathan Garvin. They, they Look, we already got a bear down comment. I knew my people would find me. It only took a few minutes, what less than two minutes to come in and, and find us here on YouTube, right? So, Jamie, I'll let you kick things off here because there has been a lot of discussion. I mean, every national pundit, every person has an opinion. Brett Favre is talking to Aaron Rodgers. Yep. There's, I mean, there is so much commentary around specifically this one pick, Jordan Love. So let's kick things off there and and try and reason with Green Bay Packer fans because that's kind of where they sit right now. Yeah, like look. So I look at their draft class. I think they they did a pretty solid job here in 2023. Now that Aaron Rodgers is retired and they don't <laughs> want to hand Aaron Jones their third contract, I think they did a pretty good job of replacing those guys. And Jordan, oh, oh, that's right. They're they they have those guys this year, and they're a Super Bowl contender. 
and they didn't add anybody that's going to make a tangible impact on their 2020 squad, aside from maybe AJ Dillon getting a couple carries here and there. Uh, This this draft, it's so tough because this is it's not a draft you expect a contending team to have. It's it's like I don't know where the to where to put the precedent for this. Is it a draft Uh, you expect any team to have? Not really. I, I don't I'm like trading up for Jordan Love. I understand the, I understand the mentality of wanting to find the QB of the future before you desperately need the QB of the future, but not when you have a QB of the present that you're paying a lot of money and you're a Super Bowl contender and you have glaring holes, particularly on offense, that you need to fill now. I, I don't, and you don't really address those anywhere. You had holes on the O line. I like Runyon, but he's not going to step in and, and make a big, big impact in year one. You don't add another receiver. You, you add a running back that is, I, I, I best a complementary piece to what you've already got. Like I, 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 this seems like a draft for them preparing for the future before they've even finished milking the present. Like I don't understand what they're doing here. You have maybe the most talented quarterback of all time as your quarterback with plenty left. You could say he's in the conversation for the greatest of all time. He's not, but he's in the conversation, but he may be the most talented of all time. Yeah. Still two different team. conversations. Yep. Right. But he's in both. Yeah. Right? Sure. In both. He's in both. And he may be leading the most talented of all time. And still has plenty left. Yes. He has a little bit of injury history, but if he gets hurt in week four and you're solid everywhere else, is Jordan Love even playing? I, I, none of this makes any sense. You have a couple offensive linemen that may make your team as backups, a safety that's not going to play, a defensive tackle that's not going to play, a tight end that's really an H-back, and you didn't replace Jimmy Graham, who made no sense for being there in the first place. I, I don't know what the hell they did. You were 13-3. We all said it was a fake 13-3. They really shouldn't have been 13-3, but they were. That's what their record was. You made the NFC Championship game. So you're one game from the Super Bowl, and you give Aaron Rodgers zero help. We talked about that stat that's been going around. He threw one touchdown pass to a first-round receiver in his career. It was last year, Mercedes Lewis, who's a grandpa at this point. You get a no help. In the greatest receiver draft in the history of drafts, where, I mean, the the Bears, we'll talk about in a minute, got a great receiver late. The Bucs got a really, really good receiver from Minnesota late. A bunch of teams did. I think Baltimore got uh, Prochi from SMU in the sixth round. And you don't take one at all. You don't have to take one in the first, but you don't, have to, you don't have to trade up to take Jordan Love. You got lucky as hell the first time you did it. And, yes, you had no drop-off bad years from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, And you, if you think you're going to do that again. But what you did was you pissed off your best player, your superstar, your face of the franchise, or however you want to cut it, you have beyond pissed him off. And he wasn't that happy to begin with. But, I don't know, at first everybody blamed LaFleur and said it was – he wants this timing rhythm thing, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't fit it. Now, now they're saying it was over LaFleur's head. The stuff that people are, are letting out is like, okay, LaFleur wasn't really on board with this either. They just said, we don't give a damn if you like it or not. This draft is awful. I thought everybody had a pretty solid draft. I don't think I give anybody worse than a C plus other than this. They got – there's not – so when we talk about drafts, how many starters do they get in this draft, Jamie? Zero. Zero. So they got they got they did not get better from this draft. And I they would actually created. downgrade their win total from this draft. I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> and look, the, the reality is, and we talk about this all the time, what's the one thing coaches hate more than anything else? Distractions. They yeah. drafted their own biggest distraction of the last half decade yep. by doing what they just did. 
I mean, it just it is what it is. Nobody is going to talk about anything other than that pick and Jordan Love versus Rodgers. And as good as Aaron Rodgers is, if you don't think for one second these shock jocks and these morning talk show people are not going to capitalize on a two-interception Aaron Rodgers loss and pretend that Jordan Love should be in conversation to be a starter, you're nuts because you've created this situation now that you're going to have to answer for that has nothing to do with your, your win totals this year and it's not in the best interest of your team. I, I don't get it. Like I, I, Regardless of what you think about Jordan Love, the prospect, I don't understand what you're doing right now. Yeah, it it's not only it's not only the Jordan Love stuff. It's it's the fact that there's the glaring need, the glaring need, like consensus, every mock draft, every analyst, every person that does a mock draft, mock them multiple wide receivers. And they did not draft one in the first round. They just didn't draft one. And that is mind numbing if you are a Green Bay Packers fan. Because you are watching this and you're going, we didn't address it in free agency. So you're sitting back and you're going, okay, we get it. You're not going to go get one of these guys. There were plenty available. That's fine. That It must be coming in the NFL draft. And then the draft goes by. And you don't draft one. Especially in light of the fact, like, we're going to talk about the Bears. We're going to talk about these other got late, very talented wide receivers that you could have added to this arsenal. And put the cherry on top that Aaron Rodgers, not four hours before this draft started is on Pat McAfee's show talking about how they haven't drafted a wide receiver in the first round in 15 years. And he is begging and pleading in that interview that this would be amazing if they could go out and do something like that. And then they don't do that. They, they go, yeah, sorry, Aaron, we're going to move up and take another and take a quarterback. I just, I've, I, as much as a, I love making fun of this team, I have searched for every possible way that I could spin this, that it isn't just as bad as it is. No, it's, it's just that bad. They didn't get any starters. They didn't address their biggest needs. They lost Brian Balaga in the off season. They pretend like they're going to be able to just fix that and just address that with a quarterback that does have injury issues. I think this this is a big loss for them. And I, I don't see a way in which, Jamie, you give them a grade that isn't, what, at least a C minus, D plus. No, they, they get a D minus to this. I, I yeah. like what they did in round six and seven, but again, you're, they're dart throws at that point and, and they're role mm-hmm. players. And, and you know what I mean? Like you're not getting anybody that's going to help you right now. You, you is, and I know it sounds so easy to say, but I think it really needs to bear home. It is really, really tough to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And that is the only goal that you should ever have as a team. Whether it's sometimes it's a long-term goal, sometimes it's an immediate short-term goal. The Green Bay Packers are in a Super Bowl window right now. There's no reason to do anything with your team other than put them in the best possible position to win the Super Bowl in 2020. They did not do that. They put themselves in a position to maybe be better off three or four years down the road at the expense of a current Super Bowl contending year of 2020. And you just can't do that. And it's it's not like Aaron Rodgers can't play. It's not like Aaron Rodgers can't play for another number of years. Like I, I And even if you say you like Jordan Love, well, are you going to then prematurely move on from Aaron Rodgers? Because if the formula in the NFL is if you don't have a superstar quarterback – at least have a good enough quarterback on a rookie contract where you could build the rest of your team around them. How many years of Jordan Love's rookie contract are you going to have to burn before he's a starter for you? And that's going to limit that super that potential 
again, potential Super Bowl window down the road. So you're short, you're trying to shorten up a, a guaranteed Super Bowl window for a potential Super Bowl window down the road. Like, is is Jordan Love gonna be better than Aaron Rodgers? I doubt it. You can have a damn Hell good no. career and still not be close to Aaron Rodgers. Hell so no. I know. I I just I don't I don't know what they're doing here. I just I, it's just I don't I don't I can't I've thought about this in a million different ways. I don't see a way this makes a this makes any sense to me. It's not only that though. Like you take AJ Dillon in the second round, who's not even a pass catching back. You already have your back. You're set. Two hundred fifty pound bruiser. Okay, great. It's the AFC or NFC North. Cool, but he's not going to be on the field unless you have an injury. Your tight end that you draft in the third is basically an H-back tight end move-around guy. Maybe he contributes. I don't even see the rest of these guys getting on the field, yeah. much less not being a starter, to a team that literally is in a Super Bowl window. And it also brings back the narrative of could they have wasted Aaron Rodgers' career anymore? I mean, it literally brings back into Mike, Mike, Mike McCarthy got blamed a ton for wasting the Aaron Rodgers' prime. He's still in his damn prime. Last I checked, he's still pretty freaking good. And you do nothing. I'm not. This is awful. This I, I don't have. I keep looking at it, hoping like one of these guys bounces off the page, and I go, "Oh, yeah, I forgot about him." No, it's not. No, and, and the thing I look at this too is you talk about productivity from those positions you already have. You've invested a lot of draft capital, time, money in Aaron Rodgers, rightfully so. You finally started. You finally got the Aaron Jones that everybody yeah. was waiting to see unlock last year at running back. Are you now saying you're not going to pay him in favor of AJ Dillon? And, that, and, so, and then you invested a significant, a decent draft capital in Jay Sternberger, who you've been saying all offseason is going to be the guy at tight end, and we believe in him, and we don't need Graham. We don't. So you, so you, one of two things, either you don't feel as confident about those guys or you're moving on from those guys, or you spent in a Super Bowl window your first three picks on backup guys who are going to sit on your bench. Which is it? It's got to be – I. I I find it hard to believe that is not the latter there, Jamie. I, I just, I, I, we watched Aaron Jones have such, like, we have been, I have been begging, and it's bad from a football perspective because I don't want Green Bay to win, win football games. But from a fantasy perspective, I have been begging this team to give Aaron Jones the opportunities that he got last season. And you saw what he could do. And we talked about him having, Aaron Rodgers having to buy in to letting the running game, trusting his running game, seeing more of that. And he did that. And a lot of it was the fact that Devontae Adams went down and he had a whole bunch of nothing out there to throw the ball to. And he had to rely on the running game because he didn't have a lot of opportunities. He didn't have any other options. And it forced him into this where we got to see this running game flourish. So to Jake's point, yes, the Jordan Love pick was bad, but it's all almost as bad the pick in two and three where you go and you go, okay, this isn't just about Jordan Love. This is about in your first three rounds, you come away with nothing that is going to impact this roster right away. And that's a huge problem for Green Bay. If they didn't trade up for Jordan Love, and then they would have taken a receiver in two and three. Yes. And you can still take the value guys, the meat and potatoes guys later that may or may not develop. Like Jamie said, you're throwing darts. You went 13 and three, you should be pretty damn good. Fourth, sixth, seventh round pick should not be making your team anyway. But if they didn't trade up to do it, and then they still got Aaron Rodgers some help, I can say, okay, the guy that you really like fell to you. You didn't think he would be there. 
yeah, maybe he should develop and, and if Aaron's injury history or whatever, but we're still going to give Aaron some help. They didn't do that. They traded up to take the guy, and then they get zero help. That's the problem I have with it. I mean, I give it a D, and I literally downgraded them by half a game because they lost depth as well in this team. Yeah, look, if you want to look for a, a 2020 draft comp, look at what the Eagles did. It's not not apples to apples, but they need if if they felt the, the back need for a backup or so, or an insurance policy just in case, and they spent high draft capital using a second round pick on them after they added a wide receiver to the roster. After they did that, so you know, as Matt Matt Holtman here in one of the comments, he he liked the Jordan Love pick, but he said day two was lacking, and I think that goes to Jake's point. You could have saved this on day two if if you mm-hmm. would have added those weapons, saying. Okay, maybe Love falls to 30. We can't pass on that value, just like Rodgers fell to them. I think it was at 24, and they can't pass that value. I Okay, a little bit more understandable. Then you immediately address your other needs at those picks. They would have had a fine draft. It's the fact that they just basically took backups everywhere. And again, I like the, the, the linemen they took in the middle rounds, but – those are those they got middle round value. Like, I it, there's that those aren't going to be game changers for you, especially not early on. So, I don't know. I, I your just point, Jamie. You're telling me they shouldn't have been in the Marquise Goodwin for a six round pick stakes. Yeah, oh, yeah, they should. teams should have been. Look, I don't yeah, know if Goodwin's got a lot, but th- there are too many times, and this is not just a football problem. I see this in hockey and, and baseball too. People sometimes forget about these low, these va- these guys that go for low picks. I don't care if you only get one or maybe two years out of Goodwin. I'll trade it. You're not going to get anybody in the sixth round, most likely, that's going to impact your team in year one like Marquise Goodwin could. Yep. That's a yep. worthwhile risk for a Super Bowl contender. I, I mean, I he was, a, he was an is. Olympic runner, one of the fastest guys in the league. This turned into a pretty well-rounded receiver the last couple of years that can absolutely help this team. Yeah. And you could have done it for a future six-round pick. You could have given up a six-round next year. They didn't do any of that. I mean, to your no. point, that's a great example because them and Philly need a lot of the same stuff. And Philly got a hell of a lot better. Philly's got two-man yeah. receivers now. They're gonna have to yeah, catch and look, there's, there's guys and, not and, making that team. And you could, and it's still the, the Jalen Hurts pick is going to be controversial, regardless. But of at course. least they they addressed their other needs elsewhere in the draft. Yeah, I mean, they the took other- it as controversial. <laughs> yeah. So with Jordan Love, but they still got the receivers to help Carson Wentz, who's a damn yeah. star. For sure, for sure. And I would argue that Carson Wentz's injury history is a little bit worse and a little bit more concerning for Philadelphia than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I respect yeah. with all due respect to Carson Wentz, he's not Aaron Rodgers. And I think there's yeah. it's you're you're looking at but Jamie, it is a very comparable as as comparable as a situation could be and you look at one situation that just happened to be much much better. And I think the 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 icing on the cake is we'll wrap up the the Green Bay Packers as we we've gave, given them D's for this uh, for this overall draft class. The, the icing on the cake for me as a Bears fan is that I always get told by Green Bay fans about how much more winning this team has done, right? And to me, winning equates to Super Bowls. In the amount of time in the since the 1985 Super Bowl, right? You're looking at that window of time because that's the Bears won. The the Packers will have gone from having Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and come away with just one more Super Bowl than the Bears have in that time. Go look at the amount of go look at the guys who have played quarterback for the Bears during that time frame. And Green Bay had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and they will have gone. Aaron Rodgers has been to one. They've won one Super Bowl. It's this window has got to be talked about as one of the most mismanaged. If they don't get to another Super Bowl, it is a huge loss for Green Bay that they did not 
capitalize on this. It is. And, and it goes back to the point. Again, I, I know it seems like, oh, you know, I'm not exactly breaking new ground by saying it's hard to win a Super Bowl. But I think when you're living in the Tom Brady era, sometimes you can become numb to it because not that they've made it look easy, but they've won so often. Yeah. How many? I mean, again, Mahomes just got his first and we'll see how many he can may possibly get. But they were saying the same thing with Russell Wilson. They were saying the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. They said the same thing with Brett Favre. You know, there was a t- it took a while for Peyton Manning to get his. I mean, you see all of these quarterbacks that are elite talents on these teams that you think are gonna they're gonna be there all the time. They're gonna be there every year. They're gonna be the new dynasty, and they're not. And, and it's just a, it's it's amazing how fine of a line you have to walk to stay a contender for that long, and then you have to do everything you possibly can to stay there. And it's because it it just takes a little bit of a, fall, a drop off for it not to matter anymore. Like it's just, it's just, I, I think we've forgotten because we lived through the Tom Brady era. A lot of people have forgotten because he's won so much and so often that how difficult it is to not only get there and win, but then get back and then win. It just, yep. it, it happens so infrequently. That's why it cannot be understated his greatness, right? Like in the, the other guys that you're talking about, the dudes won six Super Bowls been to what nine, right? They've been to nine Super Bowls. I I mean, that's, and listen, and he's not done. That's, that's the crazy thing. You're looking at this dude and you're going every other person that we just mentioned and how great they can be. Right. And it's, I I love Mahomes, but I've told my, I've, I've, I've gotten this question a lot on social media. What is it going to take for Mahomes to be better. And I go, you guys know what the, you guys know what the barometer is. You know what it is. You're going to have to win more championships and I'm willing to bet as much money as I have that he is not going to win more than six championships. It is, it is, it is impossible. I don't know if anybody is again. No, it's never going to happen. If he wins three, he probably is on the Mount Rushmore if he doesn't get hurt because the numbers he's going to put up are insane. The numbers today really kind of watching the last dance. Yeah. And I saw like Jalen Rose was talking about what Jordan would average in today's NBA. Oh, and they yeah. were like, they ran through all these numbers. It was like 47 and a half a game. Yeah. Is what they kind of came up with, which makes a lot of sense. It's one more basket a quarter and then like one free throw a quarter. He ends up from 36 to 47. Mahomes is going to put up numbers. Like Dan Marino playing in this era would have just been ridiculous. Sure. The yeah. numbers. Same thing. For so sure. If Patrick Mahomes can win three Super Bowls, he's on the Mount Rushmore. But he went six. Sure. No. But like that's that's exactly the point. Like Aaron should have been, he should have at least been back. But it's not on him. It's, no, it's not on him. Uh, it's my it's my favorite thing to tell Packer fans that Aaron Rodgers and Rex Grossman have played in the exact same amount of Super Bowls. It's a very fun thing to get Green Bay Packer fans riled up about. All right, moving on. We will talk and transition into. Oh, it's fun. It's an easy way to get them wrong. That's for sure. Uh, Chicago Bears. We're going to talk about the Bears since we've been uh, referencing um, them throughout this Green Bay conversation. They go, obviously, no first round pick. That first round pick would be named Khalil Mack. Uh, Cole Komet uh, in the in the second round. Jalen Johnson in the second round. Travis Gibson, Kendall Vinder, uh, Darnell Mooney, who we mentioned earlier as a wide receiver. Arlington Hambright, uh, Lachavius Simmons. So, what I forgot to what I forgot to mention in Green Bay is there are two uh, of the we are we're looking at a fantasy impact dynasty right for for 
top 50. This comes from Fantasy Pros. So there are two players on Green Bay and Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon. But I want to start, I want to focus here on, on Chicago. And Cole Komet is in the top 25 as the 22nd ranked in a dynasty format, right? So if you're if you're drafting for, for dynasty right now. So Jamie, your initial reactions to this overall class and then Cole Komet's maybe fantasy value. I've gone back and forth. Like it, it, it's tough because we we touched on it in a previous episode. I love Cole Komet, the player. I just feel like Bears should stop bringing in tight ends just for a while. They need to put like for an sure. embargo on themselves from bringing in and just doing anything with tight ends. Um, again, he's an interesting fit. I, I, I he's he's tremendously talented as a pass catcher. That's what he's going to be. He's I don't think he's going to be able to learn to block well enough quickly enough to make an impact in that area in the next couple of years, but. Uh, I like I like him as a vertical threat. Since you're, it appears you're going with Nick Foles for the next couple of years as your starting quarterback there in Chicago, he does have a penchant for loving tight ends. He, he showed he showed a degree of throwing to them a lot in Philadelphia. He they were going to kind of go that way in Jacksonville. Didn't really he didn't really get an opportunity to do anything uh, in Jacksonville because of the injury. Um, but I, I like the idea of loading him up there and having having some help there. Is that where I would have gone without having a first round pick and having other needs? Probably not, but it's not a, but he's a good player. It's just more of a, the fit. He'll fit. I don't know. It, it's weird because it's not like he doesn't fit on the team. It's just, it's like, it's another area that I don't think they really needed to load up on with other issues. Like the Jalen Johnson pick a lot. I think he's a really good player. I uh, thought, so both those second round picks, uh, Trevor Gibson, uh, Darnell Mooney is interesting. Um, but to me, I think they're actually fine at receiver. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think Anthony Miller is a stud, and I, I want to see him healthy and out there for a full season. He's a really good player. Allen Robinson, if, if he played with any sort of competent quarterback yeah. in his career, we'd be talking about him in the elite class. He he is a tremendous athlete, and we we have you know gassed him up on the show a lot. We're going to continue to. He's just a tremendous talent. So they've they've got a lot of pieces there on that offense, but didn't have a ton of picks to work with, especially early on. You have two picks in the first four rounds, uh, both of them in the second. So I, I thought they did okay, uh, but I I don't know. Again, I don't know how much of an impact Komet's going to make in year one for them. Jalen Johnson might make make an impact on that defense that's already really 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 good, but. We'll see. Uh, I just, to me, this whole offseason is still predicated on the quarterback situation. They don't pick up Trubisky's fifth year option, which they weren't going to at 20 plus million. Uh, I, I don't know how to feel about this team. They have a Super Bowl caliber defense, they have really good pass catchers. You think they're going to focus more on the running game this year, and but their quarterback situation could be the thing that sinks them again. Yeah. I mean, look, Komet's biggest comp was Zachers. If he's 80% of Zach Ertz, he's pretty damn good. I don't know. I don't think he'll be that in year one. As a dynasty player, I do like him, though. Uh, Jimmy Graham, I don't think, is going to make the second year of this contract, even though they gave him a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think it'll be him. Uh, Jalen Johnson, I love. I mean, big physical dude from Utah, plays man. He's going to fit a lot of what Chuck wants to do if they're going to blitz and play man. Uh, their, their corners were getting a little up there, and they lost a couple guys in that secondary. Uh, Mooney, if you're going to add a receiver, to me, you add the, the fastest dude you can draft late like that. And he's a burner. He's a 4-3 guy from, from Tulane. They can flat get it. And a lot, a lot of people around the league liked him a lot in this super deep uh, receiver draft. Something that we, Green Bay should have done. Take a flyer on a burner late. See if you can help your team, whether that's a trading for Goodwin or drafting a guy like this. Um, the thing I didn't like about this draft was they didn't really address that offensive line. They, they still need help there. Uh, I don't know how much they can really want to focus on 
running the ball when they didn't help that offensive line. And, and Douglas has a great point here. Their, their tight end room can fill out a baseball roster. They have like nine <laughs> or ten tight ends. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of them are still pretty good players. They've just been hurt for yeah. a couple of years. And then they bring sure. in Jimmy Graham. Then you do this. I mean, I think there were still some really solid linemen on the board, especially for two second-round picks. I would have almost rather seen them go like both offensive line guys in the second round and then load up on whatever guys can make your team at that point. To me, that would have made them better now. I get there's a fine line of being better now and building for the future and that kind of stuff, but I think they're still lacking on the offensive line, and I'm not a Nick Foles guy. you got to get to the playoffs for Nick Foles to be valuable. For sure. I think I I really wanted the Bears to go offensive line at 43. Um, I understand. I, I think – I would be more excited about Cole Komet if they hadn't signed Jimmy Graham. And I know that's not, uh, I, I know that sucks for Komet because it's not really, you know, obviously one doesn't, isn't an indicator of the other. It's more just from an overall, when I look at the team and the infrastructure and the money they're spending, I'm going, okay, if you go out and get Jimmy Graham and you give him that money, why are you using your first pick on a tight end? Just doesn't make any sense to me. Not when there were plenty of offensive linemen available at that time that I think would have been a much better overall pick. I love the Jalen Johnson pick because for them, after they lost Prince, this is a need for this team, actually one of their best, bigger needs. Um, they got Artie Burns, who we like as a guy who can fill in, but I think Jalen Johnson and the aggressiveness of the defense he comes from is going to fit in very well in Chicago, and he's playing around all pro bowlers, literally, and it will help him make that adjustment. He's big um, and, and physical. So he's helps. big and, yeah, which, which, will, which will make a lot of sense. I just – I know that Bears fans were excited about Komet because he's a Notre Dame guy. People are familiar with him. The markets are close. I get that. And listen, he might end up being great. I, I think he's he's the best tight end of the class, so that's that's fine. I just think that the need for an offensive lineman at that pick would have been a much better use of 43. So it, it's I I'm like meh on the like I give them a C. Like that's where I look at them. I go, they got some good stuff. I like Mooney. I like the because they're gonna try and put him in for Taylor Gabriel, who they lost this offseason. So I like what they did. I like that value. I like some of the sixth, seventh round picks that they got some trying to get offensive line depth. I just think that's not really a position you can count on these later guys. You needed to get somebody early on to make an impact. So, Jamie, your your team grade here for the Bears. Uh, I, I guess I'll give him a C plus. Um, a C plus four. I, I like the Jalen Johnson pick. I would like to see them maybe get Ezra Cleveland. Um, you yeah. know, in that second round as well. He was available at both their picks there. Um, I think it's fine. I like Cole Komet. It just I don't think you need to spend more capital in that position that you've already spent a lot of money and draft capital in over the last couple of years. Yeah, no replacement for Kyle Long uh, on that offensive line. They could have gone multiple places uh, that I would have liked better. i give them a solid C. I don't know that they added anybody that's going to jump right in and contribute. Some of these draft – I mean, like Dallas may have got five starters. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of, these, some of these drafts were really, really solid. I don't know that they added more than one. For sure. It's for, for the Bears, I think when I looked at their roster, there weren't a lot of positions where I went, yes, they really need a starter in this spot, specifically other than the offensive line, really. That was the one spot. To me, when your entire corner. season is now based on Nick Foles playing well, you should have done more to protect Nick Foles. When you already have I weapons, agree. like Jamie said, Anthony Miller healthy is a beast. Allen Robinson's yep. a beast. Montgomery's going to be better. For all of that to work, the offensive line has to be better. And I think there were there were guys there 
I don't know if Cushenberry was still around either, but like there were guys they could have gone tackle guard in the second round and gone young, which helps your salary cap, which you're going to be screwed on in a couple of years. Cause I don't even know how they got all this done this off season. Um, that would have been more impactful now to win in a very winnable division, I think. But they, yeah. Nick Foles is going to have to play well, and that offensive line is going to have to step up. We'll see. Their, their over-under to- total went up a half game. So when we talked about this initially, it was eight. It's now eight and a half. Um, not a huge difference maker. They were eight and eight last year, right? So I think you look yeah. at the roster and you go, okay, if you get – Slightly better quarterback play, and Mitch was horrendous the first half of the season. Maybe you're looking at nine and seven, right? They make a field goal last year in two games. They they are ten and six, even in spite of what happened last year. So I think I have a lot of faith in Eddie Pinheiro. He he, he was great up until he had an injury, and then Jake can speak to being a kicker and trying to kick through an injury wasn't a great idea in a place like Chicago on that crappy long ass grass. Yes, it is yeah. not easy. Yeah, it was not easy for him. So I think you're middle of the road for the old Bears, um, much better. Uh, but, it, you know, it makes me feel like I can bump them up to a B because I look at Green Bay and I go, well, yeah, B. Yeah, this feels good. All right, moving. moving yeah. Right I mean, the, other, the other issue for the Bears is, well, beyond the Nick Foles issue, uh, is going to be they don't have as much depth on that defense as they've had in years past. They lost, l- losing, losing uh, Kwiatkowski. Um, losing Prince of Mukamara. I mean, the, the, those are key pieces. And, and again, they're not, it's not going to make or break the defense, but it, it's, it's a small factor to consider there. Um, also, to Douglas O'Connor, who uh, commented on it, I would have been okay with them taking Lucas Niang on day two. Uh, I think he was somebody that he could have competed, I think, this year with Bobby Massey to be the starting right tackle. Like, I think he could have even, in theory, again, camp and everything's weird, but I think he could have broken camp as the starting right tackle this year. Uh, but again, it's it's tough to knock it because I don't think they took bad players around too. I love Johnson and I love Komet the player. I just felt they invested in a position that of that was already going to help them this season. Even if Komet could be a difference maker down the road, it's kind of tough for this year. But you know what? Maybe they're not looking at themselves as Super Bowl contenders this year. Maybe this is looked at as the reloading year, figuring out the QB situation, figuring out everything else. But uh, to me, I don't know when they're going to figure out this offensive line problem. Yeah, no, I if they I didn't give all all that money to Jimmy Graham. I'm fine with the draft. And yes, so they that's it. That's offensive it. Line with commit, but if they hadn't given that, to, I, you gave the money to Jimmy Graham, so you obviously think he can play. Then I think you go more meat and potatoes, go more offensive line there. Yeah, that's the that's the big qualifier. I like I like commit. Although I, like I love Jaylen. the Jalen Johnson pick, so maybe just one offensive lineman and still yeah. go him because yeah. you got to replace Prince. Yeah, I think I think I would have been just fine if they had taken Ezra Cleveland or Lucas Niang or any of those guys at the with the, with forty three. Um, and it's the Jimmy Graham stuff is just perplexing. I really am just struggling with their free agency moves. Their drafts have been fine. It's the free agency stuff that's been more frustrating um, to see. But we'll. If if Nick Foles turns out to be great, I will gladly write. Ryan Pace, a very nice apology letter that I will read on this podcast and take all the lumps that I deserve if if that happens. But I do not think that that is going to happen. You're gonna have to define great. Yeah, listen, they they go they go ten and six, and I'll be just fine. Like that's you're that's winning. They're, they're winning this division at ten and six. I truly mm-hmm. I truly believe that. So. All right, Minnesota Vikings, the team that had endless amounts of draft picks, right? So we'll we'll run through most of these guys here. Justin Jefferson, Jeff Gladney, Ezra Cleveland, Cameron Dantzler. 
uh, James Lynch, the KJ Osborne, Harrison Hand. I'm not going to keep reading. They have so many draft picks. They had a lot of picks, right? But they had a lot of movement on this team. A lot of their capital was spent on defense, uh, some offensive line depth. These are positions of need for this team. This is a team that lost a lot of that defense, a lot of that identity, um, is looking to try and take advantage of this window-ish with Kirk Cousins. It's just this team feels like they had the window and now they're kind of out of the window and they're going to have to pay Dalvin Cook and that's going to create a whole other dynamic and they traded away Stephon Diggs. It's there. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith that this team is going to be able to win this division. And that is the expectation for this team. Jamie, do you think they did enough in the draft um, to, to get themselves there? I mean, I, I love what they did early on in the draft, whether or not it's going to be enough in a tough division. I'm not sure, but look, I love the Justin Jefferson edition. That was, that was a perfect replacement option. Again, he's not going to give you Stefan Diggs production in year one. Almost no rookie receiver does that, but uh, he's a great piece. I think it's, they could stick in the slot and then have a lot of success going forward. Uh, I love Gladney. Gladney's a playmaker. Uh, you know, he can be aggressive. He can have some of, some of those issues involved with that, but he's a playmaker. He's a ball hawk. He's somebody that I really liked. I was glad he went in round one because I thought that's where he should go. They need some difference makers on the cornerback side of their secondary. They have some difference makers at safety for now until the, there's talk, talk they might have to trade one of them. Uh, but they have difference makers there, but they need some difference makers at corner. But this defense is, got decimated and, and at all levels. And it's just it's a concern that you're not going to fix that in one draft. It's going to be younger. I like Dantzler as well. You know, the quarterback position wasn't super strong last year, but that was a problem. And if that's not any better this year, it's going to be an even bigger problem. And now it's going to be very young. I like Cleveland on the line, Ezra Cleveland there with a the second round pick. But I, it's weird. This team has enough talent to make a lot of waves, but they also have some concerns on the defensive side of the ball that they didn't have two years ago that what really made them Super Bowl maybe not favorites, but top contenders that right now, I think they're, they're just in the mix at the very top of that division of could, they could win the division. They could find themselves in that third wild card spot. That's going to be introduced this year. One, I like Kirk cousins more than I like Nick Foles. So they have that going for him. And that doesn't say a hell of a lot, but I, I definitely lean towards the quarterback position there. I love, I love what they did at corner because they all played man in college. Cameron Dancer from Mississippi state is tall, skinny, but he played against all these badasses at Alabama and LSU for a couple of years, played man, went up against him. He got toasted a lot, but he's been in the fire. He can step in and play man, which is a little easier than playing some complex zone schemes here and there. Justin Jefferson, I absolutely love. I just don't love it for them. I think they're better with Adam Thielen in the slot, and they needed more of a Denzel Mims, a guy that plays outside, that can be Stephon Diggs, take it over the top, and let Thielen work in the slot, which he's now a, a veteran pro of no matter what you do, he's going to get open. He's going to catch it. Yeah. Now he has to play outside because I don't think Jordan Jefferson or Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson can really get out there. He can play outside. I just don't think it's his best fit. I think he's going to be an awesome slot receiver. But now you don't really have an outside guy. Uh, but I like what they did at corner. I like what they did. Ezra Cleveland is going to step in and be a good pro. Um, I, I don't think they got a whole lot better because they lost so much. Mad defensive Limbaugh Joseph run stopping machine. Um, but I think they're right there with the Bears still. They're just gonna have to they're leaning on Kirk Cousins has to step up and play a lot better. 
Yeah, Bottom and line. that's we talked about. Cook can't play any better. For the defense sure. is going to have to overachieve with young guys, but yeah. it's going to be on Kirk Cousins to play at that level he did for five or six weeks. He's shown us he can do it. He won a big game last year. I, yeah. I have him right there with the Bears, but I mean, I still think when Aaron Rodgers is on your team, if they stay healthy, they're still a little bit better than both these teams. Yeah, and I know I myself obviously I lead this train, and and I'll point to that as a Bears fan. I look at Green Bay because Kirk Cousins and this team hasn't been able to beat the Bears over the last two seasons. Kirk is zero and four against this against this team, and he lost to Chase Daniel in one of those games, and they lost in a must-win game to win in the postseason in 2018 where the Bears were starting backups. I mean, it's that's where I look at this and I go, There's the Bears' defense has Kirk Cousins' number. He just cannot play when they play a matchup against each other. So I get the, yeah, I do like Kirk Cousins more than I like Nick Foles. When I, as a Bears fan, I just don't look at the Vikings as, as much of a threat in the division. I look at Green Bay as still kind of the top end Um when, you, when you're comparing one versus the other. I think we have to mention the fact that they lost Kevin Stefanski too. So they're going to be yes. a third offensive coordinator in three years. Are they going to be as heavy run as they were a year ago? I don't, I don't know. I think they're going to have to score more points because this defense isn't going to be as good regardless. I love Coach Zimmer to Douglas's me, point. I mean, he's too. going to get exotic. He's going to – that defense is going to play good for him. But young corners, they're all going to have to play. All three of these guys they drafted are going to play a ton. And a young left tackle is going to have to play. That's not a good combination either. But I, I think we have to talk about Kevin Stefanski leaving, who's been there for a long time. He was there with all those yeah. other guys too. But Dave Filippo getting fired the year before, Stefanski taking over, he left. I don't know. They're going to they're going to have to score more points, which means they're going to have to push it more on Kirk Cousins. Not great for continuity for your quarterback. I, I point to this all the time. This is an, uh, an issue across the league where you're changing, you're changing your offensive mind behind the scenes too often. And this is going to be another challenge for, for Kirk Cousins as he heads into year three with new contract, high expectations, a lot of pressure. But before we move off Minnesota, I need draft grades and we need to talk about Justin Jefferson because he is the seventh ranked uh, dynasty fantasy player uh, coming off the fantasy pros list. That is um, as of right now, you guys can check that out on fantasypros.com. They've got their top 50 dynasty uh, fantasy players and Justin Jefferson comes in at seven. So Jamie, oh, way too early thoughts on Justin Jefferson and your draft grade for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. I mean, in redraft leagues, I think you're looking at Justin Jefferson is probably like a mid to low end wide receiver four. you know, someone's either top of your bench, maybe he's in flex consideration, depending how deep your league is. But uh, you know, it, it, to Jake's point, it really just kind of kills the idea that Adam Thielen would move back into the slot where he's been more productive on a per snap basis in that role than he has been on the outside for fantasy purposes. So uh, a little disappointing there. But yeah, Justin Jefferson, somebody that you want to own. Uh, Dan, it takes rookie wide receivers a little bit more time to make a fantasy impact than rookie running back. So that's something that we always have to remind everybody, even in a class like this. But uh, he's definitely an exciting player to own, and I would give uh, the Vikings a B-plus overall. Like what they did, uh, I mean, their first four picks are all players that are going to help them at key positions of need. But like Jake said, they lost a lot this offseason. It's going to be a struggle for them to get back to where they just ha- where they have been the last few years. Is there any news on Everson Griffin? Is he still out there? There's just talk about him maybe coming back yeah, now. Yeah, talk. Who's talk? Okay. I mean, if, if, if he does, that's a huge help to this team. Uh to lose him and Linval Joseph off that defensive line, all three of those corners, I don't know. I mean, I give them 
a B, a solid B. I, I like them. There's those guys are going to make an impact. I love just Justin Jefferson. Don't get me wrong. I just they already got a really good guy playing that position. I think they should have gone elsewhere if they're going to have to throw it more and be more explosive. Uh, I do like him in a dynasty format because I don't know how long Thielen's going to be there. I mean, if he's that good and younger and cheaper, they'll move on. Um, I don't know how big of an impact he's going to have other than he is a phenomenal route runner that catches everything. So Kirk Cousins is going to love him. I just don't know how you play with two slot guys on the field at the same time. Thielen has to stay outside. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they make it work. But yeah, he's there's a lot of excitement in fantasy for for Justin Jefferson for obvious reasons. All right, last team here we are going to talk about the Detroit Lions. Uh, they went as we expected. There were a lot of conversation about that third overall pick and whether or not they were going to try and potentially get their quarterback in the future, trade out, but they go with their biggest need after they moved on from Darius Slay. They get Jeff Okuda, um, one of the one of the highest rated picks I can ever remember coming out of college, just when consensus across the board, everybody had him just as such a just as as close as you can be ready to play in the NFL. Um and and Okuda, they they take obviously at that third overall pick. They get DeAndre Swift. Um, Quentin Cephas, Logan Stenberg, Jonah Jackson, Jason Huntley. Um, they address a lot of what they need, right, guys? But this is a team that's now had two losing seasons. Uh, Matt Patricia really kind of going to be under fire here. I can't imagine that he's going to come into this season without a little bit of the hot seat because, as I've mentioned on this podcast before, they have fired – they fired a coach that went 9-7 and seven, – back-to-back seasons to to hire Matt Patricia, Jamie. And that's where you look at this and you go, okay, how long is the leash for Detroit and Matt Patricia? I'm not sure. I, I might just be this year. Uh, we'll have to see on that. But I, I really liked what they did in this draft. Obviously, the Okuda pick, this is one of those ones, just stay where you are. I mean, yeah. if you lost somebody blew you away with, with draft capital, sometimes the, the obvious choice is the right choice. Uh, it was a... a at worst, this number two player on everybody's boards at a huge position of need, especially with or without Darius Slay trade. He was it was a huge position of need. You take Okuda there like that. I really like DeAndre Swift falling to them in round two. Carry on Johnson's talented, but is not proven that he could stay healthy. He's missed a lot of time early in his career. And you kind of have to have two backs for the most part nowadays anyway. Didn't have to spend first round capital on him. Like getting him where they did. Julian Okwara can make a, a an impact fairly early as a pass rusher on the outside. Liked him. And they took teammate uh, uh, Jonah Jackson. Uh, yeah, Jonah Jackson from Ohio State. I got all these names get sometimes get confused in your mind uh, to help in the future fill uh, fill the hole left by Glasgow's departure and free agency. So uh, I really like what they did with those first four picks. They got pieces that can help them. Uh, and from a fantasy perspective, you got one piece that's going to be extremely interesting in dynasty formats. Uh, it's, I've kind of seen him anywhere in the top ranked somewhere in between one and three, depending on who you ask and Deandre Swift to help them. They want to run the ball. Daryl Bevel wants to run the football. And last year they were trying to run the football with Wes Hills and Bo Scarborough and, yeah. you know, some dude they signed out of the third row of the stands. Uh, now they have, you, you would hope that between carry on Johnson and Deandre Swift, they will always have a pretty dynamic option in that backfield. Plus you're going to get Stafford back healthy. Uh, this could be a very interesting team. Like their defense is still problematic, uh, but I, I that offense is not somebody you're going to want to face. And if you come in there with maybe a really good team, but some defensive holes, Detroit's going to take it to you. 
Yeah, I love everything you said. Stenberg late was great. Swift falling to them in the second, huge. Akuda was easy. Uh, the one I really like is they lost Theo Riddick, and they added Jason Huntley, another running back uh, from Ohio State, right, or from UCLA. Kid from yes. had a great Senior Bowl. Catches that. I was really impressed with the Senior Bowl week. Page was down there. Catches the hell out of it. I think that's a younger Theo Riddick to really catch it out of the backfield well. Just a great addition that could play on third down, two minute. DeAndre Swift should be able to do that as well. But this kid's a little bit more of a natural pass catcher. I think DeAndre Swift and and Carryon Johnson will be kind of the same guy. But I love that pick. I mean, I'd give them an A. I got to give them an A. I mean, I I don't know how much it helps Matt Patricia now, but whoever the next coach is has some really really young pieces. I just don't think I, I don't think they're going to win enough games to save his job. Um, then they need another draft on defense to be there. But when Matt Stafford's Matt Stafford, and now you have two legit running backs, a pass catcher running back. You added a solid guy, as you said, on the inside of that offensive line. And you replaced big play slay with, with Jeff Okuda, man. I don't think how, I don't know how you have a better draft than that from, from their point of view. Yeah, I think they overall, when you look at going Jeff Okuda and then DeAndre Swift, right, it feels like you got two first-round picks because DeAndre Swift falls to them in the second round. Uh, obviously, a lot of excitement for them for, for obvious reason. He comes in at the fifth overall um, in dynasty leagues for, for fantasy pros. And then really? Quintus, yeah, yeah, fifth. Yeah. That's who else that's, is ahead of him besides Taylor and Edward Teller. I will have to pull up the list, but that I'll say, was that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember. I think it might've been, they might've had a quarterback in there and they might've had Burrow in that mix, which I think would obviously be very oh, interesting, man. but I, I don't, uh, I don't fall into that category. I like Swift a lot and I know that it's a need, a need for them. So I'm excited for him from a fantasy perspective because they, they, man, Detroit struggled in the running game for a long time. So this is something that a big need for them. And then number 31 on that list is Quintus Cephas, who they got a wide receiver later on. Um, I think anything past like 15 on this list is basically guys that you're just hoping turn into something. And I get that it's Star dynasty. Yeah. That's what you do. It's worth talking about. Kind of like they have okay. solid receivers. I love the player. The kid was Wisconsin, big physical, but he's yeah. slow. Yeah. He's, he's not going to be able to separate in the NFL. He ran like a four, eight, seven or something. Uh, yeah. had a great Rose bowl, had a good career, has a really cool name make some awesome plays above his head. I just don't, other than the red zone or somebody getting hurt, I can't see him get open. I mean, I, I no. don't know how that helps you in a dynasty league. And they're already pretty loaded at receiver. And even in dynasty, who's his quarterback in two years? Cause it's not going to yeah. be Stafford. So, True. I mean, that's again, yeah, I, I don't know. But again, you like Paige said, you're throwing darts at that point in, in dynasty formats, but yeah, in redraft leagues, I think it's a complete, you don't, you don't pay attention. Um, but yeah, in dynasty, again, you're throwing darts late and you know, sometimes, you know, these guys, you, owe, you have them your entire career. I mean, some of these dynasty leagues play a, a certain window of time, like five years, or you have to give up the draft pick you took for them. Sometimes you just get them in perpetuity. So it's worth a dart. If he ran four, six, five, five, I'd love it. Sure. He just played. They would have played, gotten more than he, he ran the same yeah. speed that he played in the Big Ten. He yeah. can block his ass off. They run it a lot at Wisconsin. Yeah. That's, I was going to say, he's a great blocker. There's a lot of that you'll see. Uh, that's what they ask you to do at Wisconsin. Uh, final draft grades here, both A's. Is that what yeah, you guys I, are thinking? I give them an A, but I honestly, I think I want to go back to DeAndre Swift point because he might be my number two in Dynasty formats okay. behind Jonathan Taylor. Um, I'm going to pull I, up you that list Edwards and bring Hilaire, it. You, you yeah, can, but. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was, was ahead of him. And oh, I don't have him ahead of him, but that's, those top three, I think you can put it in any order. I don't think it's worth arguing. 
Um, unless you're talking about a super flex league, if you're talking about multi QB leagues and then the value of the rookie QBs change a lot, especially somebody that could start right away. But you know, Burrow doesn't run enough to, for someone that I think you have to invest a top five dynasty pick in. Like I, I, I like Burrow a lot, but you can find QB ones in a single QB league fairly easily, even in dynasty formats. So unless you're, you know, you're looking at a roster that has like Drew Brees and Tom Brady, aren't you going, uh-oh, what am I going to do two years from now? I don't think you need to spend that kind of draft capital on, on Burrow. Those guys are really interesting because they're all split in time in year one, but in year two, I think they're all the guy. And they're all yeah. three down guys. So that's going to be really interesting. I mean, two years from now, I think you're talking about the top of the running back class all the way around in fantasy is those three guys. Yeah, the top, the 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 rise and fall of the running backs is something that happens very quickly. I just asked Todd Gurley. Uh, it's there's there's a, a short window of time where you're at the top and it's it's refreshing here really really quickly. Saquon's going to be there. McCaffrey's going to be there. Yep. Kamara's going to be there. But these these three guys in two years with the offenses they're playing in, uh, it's going to be depending who the quarterback is in Indy with Jonathan Taylor. But it's, with that, that offensive line, I don't know. I I think they're going to jump right in the mix as those right even with those other those other guys we just talked about. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if if the Colts don't re-sign Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor shows anything this year, he's going in the second round next year Oh like, yeah, I mean, in fantasy drafts. Like, I mean, it, it'll be that high. And same thing for Edwards. I, I'm very curious to see because nobody really has a definitive set of ADPs out yet because it's, you know, May. Uh, but it, I'm very curious to see where some of these guys go because I feel like they're all going to get overdrafted in year one, but I want to see who gets pushed up the most. I imagine it's Edwards Hilaire. Just be attached to Kansas City's offense. It's just going to be. I don't know if I'm going to be able to own any of these guys in fantasy uh, the way I think they're going to get pushed up draft boards. But we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I I would agree. As we all tend to um, be be more on the value side than trying to overdraft uh, these guys. So. Guys, we will talk. I will bring that list. I will bring that list to our next podcast on Wednesday, and we will talk about the top five. Just have a little fun, argue about it way too early. It's May, but listen, we don't have any sports to watch, so this feels like a really good opportunity to just argue and have some fun um, and let people uh, in comment with us on the side. We've had a lot of engagement today, uh, so thanks to, to Douglas and Matt, who've been going back and forth pretty much throughout the show on YouTube. So if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening to it, jump on with us on YouTube. This is fun. We we are able to see what you're saying as we're doing this live. So it, it's been it's been fun to see the the back and forth from from everybody here. We will end with parting thoughts as we always do. Jamie, your parting thoughts on today's podcast. Uh, just one note because I, I do want to uh, bring up a point that Douglas brought up in the comments about if if and we talked about this on the show before of talking about Patricia's long term future yes. in Detroit and how it could have been possibly prolonged if they took a quarterback at three. Uh, to me, uh, my best guess is that he's not the Lions head coach next year. Uh, I think there's a good chance that he's the Patriots defensive coordinator next year uh, at this time. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's an interesting division be- overall, just because. I don't know. Like, I know the Packers won 13 games last year, but we said, I don't know how many different ways we could say they're not a 13 win team. Even before this, even if they took the players we wanted them to take and they didn't take Jordan Love, they still weren't a 13 win team. I think they're about a 10 ish win team. I think the Vikings are in that like nine ish win category. I think the Bears are in that eight or eight ish win category, depending on the quarterback situation. Again, I just, I knocked it down because I don't believe in Nick Foles at all. I haven't fully given up on Trubisky yet, but I might have been forced to uh, based on who starts this year. But I think they're kind of hanging around there. 
I don't think the Lions are going to be very good record-wise, but they're going to be in a lot of games if Stafford's healthy. They have a lot of pieces. They have a lot of high-end pieces on offense with Stafford and Galladay and Marvin Jones and Hawkinson and Swift and uh, and Johnson. So, like, they have a lot of pieces there that you go. They could cause some problems for teams, particularly teams coming into Detroit. They could cause a lot of problems for teams. So it's going to be a tough division for all of these teams to navigate. And I think it's going to kind of suppress everybody's win totals just a little bit. Yeah, to your point, I made that that same exact point about taking two at three could prolong both of their careers. And I think the GM and the head coach are both going to be out after this from not doing that. But look, if you have any defensive injuries, you don't want to play the damn Lions. I think the Packers are the top of this division, but you don't want to play them if there's any injuries. Yeah, I think this is where I I thank Matt uh, Holtman because I can obviously tell that he's a Bears fan for continuously reminding me that Matt Nagy is eight and zero against uh, the two the two bottom tier teams here, the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions. So, as always, it is a it, this division always plays tough. There is no gimme. It, it doesn't matter what year it is. Or who's the quarterback? They're always they're always grimy, fun games between these all these teams, and uh, it was it was fun. My parting thoughts, mostly thank you to these guys who've been going back and forth with us on YouTube. Look forward to having uh, more interaction in the future. Uh, Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And Jake, Jake B Arians on Twitter. You guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find our show. Be sure to follow at the draft network on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find everything on the draftnetwork.com. And we'll see you on Wednesday. Cheers to a great day and this ice cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Throw in some music. We can watch the game. Or we could keep it simple. Corona, la vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.